Why not register your child for the Wizards District Gaming Youth Academy Virtual Summer Camp presented by Lighthouse? This virtual summer camp is a full-day eSports event that runs from 11 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. Campers will work on a variety of skills and strategies that will put them in a better position to win. This program focuses on daily skill development, fitness, life skills, and feature exclusive virtual meet and greets with Wizards District Gaming athletes and executives. The camp is open to children ages 10 10 to 17. The program will be run in conjunction with Game Gym, an esports team and training center located in Rockville. Learn more information and register your kids at dcfamily.com slash WizDG. Wizards fans, welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Ellie Bubba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Filio. All podcasts on the Wizards Podcast Network are available wherever you get your podcasts and are featured on Wizards Radio 24-7 and the Wizards app. You can follow the Wizards Podcast Network on Twitter, at WashWizardsBN, and please subscribe, download, rate, and review wherever you listen. On today's episode of Off the Bench, Zach Rosen, Chris Gehring, and I dive into the recently released Wizards schedule, highlight key matchups to watch, outline what the Wizards need to do to make the playoffs, and discuss some storylines from around the league as a whole. All right, guys, we have a schedule, uh, dates, times, opponents. Um, after a lot of vague discussion for the last month or so, we can now lock in a little bit and get specific about this thing and kind of try and map out what the Wizards' path is going to look like when everybody gets down to Orlando and starts playing. Before we dive in and discuss and evaluate and all sorts of things like that, uh, I will read quickly through just some of the details of the Wizards schedule starting on Friday, July 31st. Uh, they're going to take on the Suns at 4 p.m., one of a handful of afternoon games that they drew here. Uh, that will be the first of eight games over the course of 14 days. They're going to play, like I said, the Suns, Nets, Pacers, Sixers, Pelicans, Thunder, Bucks, and then the Celtics to close it out. All the games have set times, uh, except for that final one. The the eighth and final game for every team down in Orlando is listed as TBD and is going to be announced at a later date, I guess, as they get a better idea of how things play out. But when you guys got the first look at the, the schedule, the set of opponents, what was it that jumped out to you guys first? I think there was, you know, rumors swirling that the Wizards would at least play their opponents um, that they had on the schedule in the regular season left that were there twice. So they'd play at least one of those teams once. So we kind of were able to guess half of the schedule from there. Um, those teams being the Pacers, um, Bucks, Celtics, and Pelicans. So we knew they were going to play those teams. Uh, not easy by any means. All those teams are, you know, top tier seeds. Um, and then the Pelicans, of course, have been missing – um, Zion most of the season. So we know that they're up for the challenge any night. Um, and then it just filled out with the Suns, which was, you know, one of the teams left on the calendar, the Nets again, which is going to be a pivotal game, which we'll dive into. And then um, you have the Sixers and Thunder, which both those teams, uh, both those games were coming up on the Wizards schedule anyway. So um, same with the Suns, the Suns was going to be at the end of the month um, in March. So it makes sense that this is kind of how it, it evened out. I, I do think that there are tougher schedules out there. I don't think it's easy by any means. I think um, 
those first two are big games for the Wizards, especially where they stand in the standings. And then um, you go from there. It, it's not going to be easy, but it's not going to be easy for anybody. Yeah, we, we knew that this was going to be a difficult schedule just by the virtue of, obviously, it's the top 22 teams in the, in the league that are going into these seeding games um, for playoff positioning. And it, 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 you're right, Rose, it's really important, these first two games, Suns and Nets, and of course you would like to see the Magic on there, but obviously the Wizards already play all their games against the Magic. Um, they're the ones immediately standing in the way of a playoff seed or at least a play-in tournament. Um, the Wizards have to make up six games. And so you figure effectively six games, I guess it's five and a half, but effectively it's six games if you want to get into that, that play-in tournament. And to get off to an import, a big start is, is paramount for that reason. But um, it's also kind of, it's also it's lined up for them fairly well in terms of if you're looking for not weak teams, but if you're looking for beatable teams off the, from the jump, Phoenix and Brooklyn are two of them that, that you don't mind seeing at the beginning. And then if you get off to that hot start, you never know. You, you have two of the, the East's top teams at the end of the schedule where you never know where they're going to be in terms of gearing up for the playoffs, how they want to manage guys coming back. There's all of these different scenarios that can play out in the course of these eight games. But at the end of the day, of course, it's absolutely pivotal to get off to a hot, hot start and win these two games. It, it doesn't hurt, by the way, that the Pacers are, are right after that. They're the fifth seed right now and, you know, a good team. But certainly there's the, the path is there for the Wizards to get off to a hot start and put pressure on the, on the Magic and the Nets above them. Yeah, you mentioned the, the dynamic with Brooklyn and Orlando. Let's kind of lock in there for a second because I think from a Wizards perspective, that is – the main focus just in these eight seeding games. Every other spot in the Eastern Conference has been clinched. There's going to be some maneuvering in the seeds higher than that with Milwaukee through Philadelphia at six, but they're locked in. They will qualify for the playoffs at the end of these eight games. It's that seven and eight spot between Brooklyn, Orlando, and, and the Wizards that is up for grabs. Only two of those three teams are going to qualify. You mentioned, Chris, five and a half games back of Orlando, six back of Brooklyn at seven. Wizards just need to get within four games to, to trigger that, that double elimination play-in series. Uh, as we mentioned, the Nets in the second game for the Wizards, but the Magic and the Nets are going to play each other twice, a, a really rare circumstance in, in the seeding game scenario. Uh, if you look across the league, there are not a lot of teams playing twice in those eight games. So Wizards fans, in addition to their own eight seeding games, really need to lock in on those two Orlando versus Brooklyn games because that is going to go a long way in determining how much ground the Wizards actually have to make up to get into the playoffs. For sure, you almost you almost hope that the Magic you you you're almost rooting for the Magic in a way because you control your own destiny against Brooklyn once you control one outcome of the Nets eight games and you would prefer it go one way um, and kind of I guess make your own try to control your own destiny as much as you can. That's kind of the that's the dream scenario, but. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how it plays out right from the beginning, and the Wizards are going to play a part in that destiny right off the bat. Yeah, and I think you have to kind of start when you look at those teams, and Jackson, I know you're breaking down a lot of the opponents, not as necessarily the Magic, but um, with Brooklyn, there's no Kyrie Irving, there's no Kevin Durant, um, but they are healthier now with Karis LeVert's back and healthy um, in terms of who's been playing most of the season, and 
I think a lot of people will overlook that team. But if you look back last year, this is the same team that made the playoffs. They're, they have depth. Um, I did see Wilson Chandler's not going to play. He's opting out, um, which does hurt them. But they have DeAndre Jordan this year. Um, Spencer Didwitty is having a great season. And then with the Magic, Jonathan Isaac, who like really hurt himself against the Wizards earlier in the year, should be back. Um, I haven't seen if he's for sure playing, but I know that he's gotten the ample time to rehab. Um, and he's become one of the best defensive players in the entire NBA. So um, I think you you look at who's playing, who's not. Um, we'll dive a little bit more into Davis Bertans not playing for the Wizards. Um, but um, And no John Wall, of course. So each team is probably going to be missing someone. We don't know about the Magic. Um, and you're going to see that across the board. Avery Bradley's not playing for the Lakers. Um, and some other players are going to opt out. Yeah, I think the rosters that we left behind in March, basically ac- across the league, there's there's changes everywhere, whether it's guys that are subtracted, like you mentioned some of the guys just now, Rosen, but other teams in the opposite direction, like Philadelphia, who's really struggling from an injury perspective back then, has kind of gotten healthy. Ben Simmons, you know, we haven't heard anything official, but by all accounts has made a lot of progress from where he was with a back injury way back then. So you've really kind of got to do your research on some of these teams before you dive in and make too many prognostications based off the information that we had in March, because a lot has changed. So that kind of summarizes the top of the wizard schedule. You mentioned we'll get to that, that tough Milwaukee Boston stretch, but throughout the middle of the schedule, I guess let's lock in on that Pelicans game, which is the one team of eight that the wizards have not seen yet. Uh, Rosen, you mentioned it was one that we kind of knew was coming because of that, um, but it will be the Wizards fans' first look at Zion. It will be the Wizards players' first look at Zion and everybody else that that really deep Pelicans roster has to throw at opponents. And like the Wizards, they're kind of playing in that same scratching and clawing for the eight seed spot, which I really think those are going to be the most interesting games throughout all, I believe it's 88 of these seeding games across the league, is finding those matchups between two teams both on the bubble because they have so much to play for in this situation. So when you guys see that Pelicans matchup on the schedule, what's, what's the first thing maybe other than Zion that, that stands out as something the Wizards need to focus on? Brandon Ingram was, a, you know, one of the best scorers in the West all season. Obviously his usage rate is going to change with Zion back. Um, but that team is young. I, I think the first, first and foremost thing is that that team is super young out of any team that's looking for an eight seed, I guess them and the Grizzlies are, they're going to have very fresh legs. Um, And that's going to be very important in these playoffs where, yeah, they've had three months off, but at the same time, some of these guys played team USA, like on the Celtics um, and they've been going since August. So um, in July, I think having fresh and young legs is going to be super important. And with the Pelicans, that's basically their whole team. Right. So um Looking at them, I mean, we've been looking forward to seeing them. We knew we wouldn't see them until at least April. Uh, we're going to wait till August now, but um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough matchup. I think um, the Wizards' wings, though versatile, um, the strength of Zion and some of those other players in the Pelicans, and the length those are the, that's kind of type that have given the Wizards problems. Orlando Magic, for example. So um, we'll see. You know, by then we're going to know a lot more about every team, but. Um, I'd say young legs is the first thing. Yeah, and it's so important, too. Sometimes for rookies, you hear about them hitting some kind of wall right in the middle or the, you know, the three-quarter mark of the season where you're just not used to playing that long of a season. And this long break, specifically for a guy like Zion, takes that out of the equation. He's going to come out 
you know, he's going to come out swinging. This team's going to come out swinging. There's a, a effectively a three-way tie for ninth in the West right now. And so for them, all these games, obviously all these games are going to be absolutely critical. They're not going to be a team that's going to, by, by all indication, they're not going to be a team that's clinched a spot or anything like that. They're going to be clawing their young team. And that makes them dangerous and they're incredibly talented. Brandon Ingram has been, I mean, he has he really burst onto the scene as a, I think a guy who we could be looking at a lot of all-star trips for him, even though he's in the West, which makes it harder. Um, they have a lot of really special talent on this team. It's going to make for a really, really good test defensively for the Wizards, no question about it. Yeah, and then after New Orleans, two days later, Sunday, August 9th, the Wizards will take on the Thunder at a 12.30 p.m. tip. That's pretty fun. I think I mentioned, I believe it's five of the seven games that we have times for so far, all afternoon games for the Wizards. So it's going to have a lot of a, uh, like an NCAA tournament opening weekend feel. These games are going to come at you fast. They got three arenas set up down there. I know there's time set aside for uh, cleaning these arenas in between games for obvious health and safety reasons and things like that. But from a broadcast viewing perspective, these games are going to becoming one after another at a really fast pace, starting early in the day and going into the night. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun from a fan's perspective. Um, in terms of that Thunder game, I don't think there's a ton to break down. The Wizards haven't played them since the second game of the season. Uh, it was a Wizards win in Oklahoma City. That is, it's hard to, to take much from that. That game, by the time they play again, will have been nine and a half months ago, which is pretty incredible to think of considering the length of time between two games that are technically within the same season, but unique circumstances as we all see. And then uh, I guess we can, we can dive into that, that duo of games to close out on August 11th and August 13th, the wizards will close. Like we said, with the bucks and the Celtics, we don't, it's hard to predict what those team situations are going to look like. I mentioned how important uh, games between bubble teams are going to be. That's because those are going to be the teams scratching and clawing to get in. It's really hard to predict what uh, the top tier teams are going to be doing and how they're going to be handling uh, workload for their most important players leading into the playoffs. But I mean, that's, that's as tough a stretch as you can ask for, at least when it comes to Eastern conference opponents. So um, what do you think it means for the wizards specifically to, to, I know we mentioned the need to start strong, but they, they got a tough, tough finish to this thing with those two teams. I think going into it, you know that you're playing with house money in a way. I mean, you're the 22nd team in. You're missing, you know, two of your top players. Um, they're they're going into this, you know, we want to see this as a, a development period like we have been all season. Um, going to be able to give some of our younger players run that may not have gotten it um, due to absences. And, you know, I think they're just going to be happy to be on the court. And really, any this it's going to be like – baseball playoffs like anything can happen or hockey playoffs anything can happen you know there's only so much time to get to get ramped up I know you know everyone's going to spend a good chunk of time together in Florida and right now with volu uh, voluntary workouts and mandatory workouts starting Wednesday but really I mean the best teams will probably prevail but it's not going to be a cakewalk by any means compared to when you're already in season mode right you know ready to go yeah, there there are a lot of equalizers in this in this kind of tournament kind of bubble feel. 
And I think the Wizards, you know, I think the Wizards need to treat it that way too. Like, of course, they're a young team that they're they're trying to develop this team and guys like Thomas Bryant, like Rui Hachimura, this is a huge period for him, for Troy Brown Jr., for Mo Wagner. I mean, the list goes on and on. These guys are all going to play a ton of minutes for the Wizards in this in this um, in these seeding games. And yeah, in, in this last half of the schedule, you could almost throw the last three games, you know, the Thunder Bucks and Celtics, they could all be in a similar boat where they're managing certain veterans, um, trying to play certain younger guys. It's going to be fascinating to see how all these teams manage this run-up because I would imagine they're going to need to thread the needle between getting healthy and getting in game shape to play high leverage playoff minutes. But also you don't want to make mistakes and you don't want to overwork guys that have not, you know, haven't been in game shape for months. It's a, it's a delicate balance and seeing how they all ban, uh, balance it is going to be interesting. But for the Wizards, assuming, you know, that they get ready and they, they feel good about where they are physically and, um, you know, hopefully lacking injuries, you know, they can really throw it all out there and they, they're going to need to anyway. And so I think that this, this schedule, the way it's made up for the Wizards is a real opportunity um, both in maybe catching some luck in where certain teams fall, but also in giving guys that are a part of this team's future. We've talked about how the, the core of this team is really set uh, going into next season and potentially beyond. They, they really have a chance to start to build something here, and it's, it's going to be really, really fun to watch how, how they can maybe accelerate some development in some big-time high-leverage games. Yeah, Chris, you talk about – the core a little bit. Let's kind of break down some Wizards roster storylines as we move into this. It's, it's, I think it's going to be handled very differently by teams all the way across the league, whether you look at it from a rest perspective in terms of the fact that these are a lot of games in a short amount of days. Now, it's, it's different than a normal regular season where you're having to deal with travel and things like that. All these guys are just going back and forth from an arena to a hotel room. So the right. rest conversation always matters, but it's not the same conversation that we have during a normal regular season. And then there's the whole dynamic of this whole thing coming off three months off for these guys. So I'm really interested to see how teams utilize their rosters, utilize depth, or are we going to see much, much deeper benches getting much deeper rotations? I'm sorry, getting pulled into play here, or is it the opposite where guys are just, maybe this doesn't happen until the actual playoffs, but you know, we got, we got to play our stars. We got to, you know, the stakes are high. We got to go with the guys we know that can get it done. Rosen, you mentioned, Earlier, the Wizards are going to be without Davis Perton. So there's some opportunity within the Wizards rotation. We don't know how they will be dishing out minutes necessarily yet. But in terms of guys that have opportunity to, to step up and do something here on what's going to be a huge stage for the league and a lot of guys that maybe don't necessarily have that chance, what names or guys or different storylines across the Wizards rotation are you guys looking out for? I think uh... – Thomas Bryant, for one, was a guy who was in and out of the lineup almost all year with injuries. Um, you saw him and Brad start getting back into their 2018-19 uh, chemistry, and I'd love to see that again. Um, I, he's kind of the first name that pops for me. Um, I'd say Troy Brown as well. Um, we mentioned Rui, but I think, you know, he's going to be the common answer. Um, but I think looking at Troy and Thomas, I mean, two pieces that have been around now somehow one of the longest tenured, you know, two of the longest tenured guys on the team. It's a good opportunity for them. And then Shabazz Napier, who um, just got to the team, Jerome Robinson, another two that are going to have an impact. So I, I think you can go through the whole rotation in a way. 
and kind of find a storyline. But I'd start with the TBs. I, I just think they're, you know, have the most chemistry and experience on this team so far. I think Coach Brooks trusts them. He wants to give them the opportunity to showcase that. Um, so that's kind of who I would put my my money towards. Yeah, I totally agree. And and the only other interesting note on Rui while we had while we mentioned him is that like uh, like many of the Celtics, he also had a summer full of basketball going into his rookie season. And, you know, combining a, a summer's worth of international basketball where you're the leader of the team, you're the focal point of the team, with going into your first full-length full professional season, um, I'm very curious to see how he takes advantage of this break and, and comes out and uses it. I mean, you know, we know that he is a constant learner. We know that he soaks up the game really fast. Um, this has been an opportunity, certainly, to watch a ton of basketball, to learn a ton of things, um, presumably to talk a lot with coaches and, and teammates. And so it will be interesting to see, you know, how he comes out of it. But I agree, Zach, too, that um, Jerome Robinson was the other name that I was going to mention just because I think when, when the Wizards traded for him, certainly the organization was excited. But for those of us who watched his draft workout and knew that the organization has liked him for a while, we're really excited to see him be brought aboard and be brought into this team. And you, know, you talk about the development perspective of this, of these eight games. It's a huge, huge opportunity for him. And, and he's going to have a chance to really build on some of the moments that he already started to have. You remember um, some of those buzzer beating shots, um, his, just his overall game fits nicely with this team and this core. And so I, I'm really excited to see, if he can kind of display more of those dimensions of his game, because I think we know they're there. He has some, he has some good defensive ability. He's a more dynamic scorer. I think than maybe a lot of fans realize just by virtue of not getting to watch him play a lot. And it's, it's going to be, hopefully he gets the opportunity. I think he will to, to showcase that a little bit more. Yeah. I think Robinson's a great one and you can even maybe package in, Shabazz Napier, a fellow deadline guard acquired by the Wizards who was starting to really click leading up to uh, the suspension of the season. I think you can package both of those guys and just see, you know, depending on how, where the minutes fall, there's, there's a lot of opportunity to you know, prove themselves for the future and see where they fit in you know, that core that you mentioned, Chris, that kind of, it's kind of set, but there's also, there's little ancillary pieces around it that really, need to be carved out. And I think the Wizards are going to learn a lot about what those pieces may be down in Orlando. But before we go, guys, let's zoom out a little bit and just kind of take a look at the league as a whole. We mentioned this is, you know, this is unprecedented. This is going to be weird. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be long days, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. And uh, when we look at all the different storylines across the league and, and kind of revamping the basketball side of our brains here and preparing for what's going to be a pretty fun home stretch. What are some of the storylines uh, from a league perspective that you guys are looking at? I think seeing if, you know, the, the Bucks model of superstar plus all-star plus team chemistry can be carried over after all this time versus, you know, the superstar model of some of the teams out West. Um, I think also looking at the Rockets small ball, um, the Zion factor, um, the young Grizzlies, I think Blazers getting Nurkic back and Zach Collins pairing them with that backcourt and Mello. Um, no Trevor Reza, of course, but 
still, I mean, looking at that team, uh, how does Utah come back after what is probably not the best chemistry right now between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, but, you know, can they put that aside? But I think at the end of the day, you're going to see that the best coaching is going to prevail here. Um, that's going to be a huge part of it. Um, but it, it's the day-to-day is just going to be interesting. Um, as you guys know, I'll be down there, and I'm just very interested to see, you know, how people go about their business and, and what it's like. Um, I saw an article came out from ESPN about the Raptors being down there and how Nick Nurse was just saying, you know, no one's really complaining or anything. Like, it's pretty normal. Like, we're grateful to be playing basketball right now. And, yeah, we're in Florida. A lot of bad things might be going on around us in terms of testing numbers and positive cases. But, you know, we're, we're doing just fine down here. So. Yeah, I, I am – I'm probably equal parts curious of just how the logistics and the lifestyle after, you know, being down there for a month, um, you know, how all that stuff plays out. I'm super curious about the effects that that has on teams. I think for all the weird things about being away from family and, uh, you know, being truly trapped in a bubble for – if you're, you know, if you're the NBA, eventual NBA champion for months, um, I am – I'm curious of – the potential positive outcome that those can have too on a team. You talk about like the people are always trying to um, find different ways to build your team, to create camaraderie. And I really think that the team that can best turn it into a positive uh, is going to have a really, a real chance to succeed in this, in these playoffs and then these seeding games. Um, But beyond that on, on the court, the Western conference, we touched on it a little bit here and there, but it's, it's a fascinating race right now. I mean, it's, it's truly a, a four team really. I mean, it's a five team or more race for the, for the last playoff seeds. And certainly there's jockeying in the middle too, with the nuggets and the jazz and the thunder. Um, the rockets certainly, I think wouldn't mind improving their, their standing either. And how teams balance the, positioning versus the preparing for the playoffs is is all there's it's all going to be a giant game of chess and as we know every team will handle it differently and um i just can't wait i can't wait to watch nba basketball like we watch college basketball in march it's, it's hopefully with you know everybody being healthy and of course uh the safety protocol working out what we're going to end up with is a just overload of NBA basketball. And I think for us, that's, that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. And for me, and we touched on it a little bit, but just the idea it's impossible to tell who it's going to be beforehand, but there's going to be a high ranking team that comes out and spins its tires and gets off to a rough start. And there's going to be a lower ranking team that just comes up flying and handles the situation wonderfully and figuring out which teams and what scenarios you know, those are going to happen, I think is very, very interesting. And, you know, when, when you look at playoff seating, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean as much as it might have in the past because there's not really a home advantage or a road disadvantage depending on your team. But those matchups matter. Those seedings matter going into the playoffs, hot or cold matters. Uh, so just keeping an eye on who handles it well and who doesn't is, is really what I'm locking in on. But I think that will do it for us today. Uh, Rosen mentioned there's all sorts of schedule and opponent breakdown things on on WashingtonWizards.com right now. We encourage everybody to keep their eyes peeled on that and on the Wizards social channels for all sorts of cool content. And we'll have plenty of interviews in the next couple weeks with uh, different people from around the organization, from front office coaching staff players, 
everything to get the fans uh, excited and informed and, and locked in and ready to go for everything that's going to start uh, in about a month in terms of game action and, and very, 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 very soon in terms of preparatory action. So, uh, like I said, that will do it for us today, and we will check back in soon.